And I also really like seeing some people's, I think was it Kurt Warner that had like such a great setup with like the trophy, like all the awards he'd won behind him. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what you should be doing. Like, this is how you set up your background. If you won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, you should have that behind you. If you won, you know, like uh, a Super Bowl, you should have that behind, like some, like have your rings displayed. Like, hell yeah. You know what? I have... I have actually a Knights of Columbus District Free Throw Shooting Championship Award, I think, still in my house. I want to see it behind you in the next panic room, you know? Welcome to NACC Podcast. I'm Lauren Brownlow, and we're all still here. Did you just burp into the microphone? I'm here with my toddler. I don't know if that burp will be audible. We will find out. Um, uh, Caroline Darney joining me, which means that once my child heard that news, he wanted to say hello. So let me put the headphones on him real quick and let him say hello to his good friend, Caroline. Hold on. All right, Alex, say hello. Hello, Caroline. Hi, Alex. How are you? Good. Are you having fun? Yeah. yeah, are you being a good boy for mom? Yeah. Good. I miss you. I miss you too. Oh, my heart. Oh, tell her, tell her you're, you're home right now. Why are you home right now? Because of what? Because of the virus. Yeah. 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 We're all stuck at home, right, buddy? Because of the virus? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Will mommy go do her podcast now? Yeah. Okay, thank you. All right. Hopefully that is our last oops, yeah, get your don't 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 take mommy's microphone with you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> He's the best. Oh my Thanks, gosh. buddy. <laughs> go back to your iPad, please. Yeah, don't judge me, people. Screen time. I mean, listen, we're all doing the best we can. Yeah. And you try distracting a toddler without a... Sp- hey, hey, can you be quiet, honey? Please? Thank you. Oh, boy. Well, anyway, we are all still here. And that's kind of all we can say at this point. Yeah. We got some sports last night, though. We did get sports last night. The NFL draft happened. It did happen. We've had two straight weeks of actually well-executed virtual drafts with the WNBA. Uh, with eight mm-hmm. ACC players taken. And then obviously last night with the NFL draft, the first round, which took eight hours, um, which is exciting. Just kidding. It wasn't, I just don't know, understand why it has to last so long. Um, like they had some really great stories and packages for players. And I don't know if it's just because they've gotten better at telling these stories or they were worried about filling time, but I cried several times and all of these kids that got drafted seem like the most delightful people ever. <laughs> Or have these yeah. like really heartbreaking or heartwarming, depending. Like, you know, we've got kids donating bone marrow. We've got kids, you know, fulfilling their father's dreams after their fathers tragically died by getting hit by a car when helping someone change a tire. Like, I was just sobbing. Was it was a lot. It really was. I know. This is already off to a- Alex, you cannot go down the stairs. All right, hold on. Having some child care issues. If you hold 
I will say this. I wrote about this today on WRALsportsfan.com because um, they wanted me to write about just sort of the weirdness of the draft. And it was it was one of those things where in the beginning I was like, I was like, OK, I came to this for some escapism. And mm-hmm. I, I know uh-huh. they have to acknowledge it. You know, yeah. I know that they can't not acknowledge it. But like. I was very much like, okay, in these uncertain times, we get it. it and like, it was very heavy handed um, at yes. times. Yeah. Especially in the beginning. But oh boy. Okay. <laughs> this is going about like I thought. What? It's not keeping noises. It's not keeping noising. Okay, well, why don't you bring it to me? Oh, boy. This is just... Yeah, it, it's weird. My kid's daycare is still open. And I have had guilt at times about like, you know, I don't know. But my husband and I are both still working full-time. My husband's a pharmacist. I work from home. And I'm working a lot. And I was like, you know, a lot of people work from home with their kids. I wonder if I should be doing that. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I really the answer is yes. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good to take him. And he's happier and I'm happier. And And we've said this before, but there are a lot of overlapping things between a toddler and a a dog um, when it comes to. And I have both. Yeah, you do have both. Um, Where the overlapping ends is when Bennett's barking at me when I'm trying to do something, I can just put her in a crate. Which would not work with Alex. <laughs> so that yeah, is I where. Put Stella in a crate too. Yeah, you can't put the toddler in a crate. There's really. Where other people there are going to get called to your house. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no good. Oh, I'm so sorry. There's no good place to put. You know, there's no good place to put a toddler to make him yeah. be quiet. You just hope for the best. <laughs> but yeah, it's um. It was, it was a, it was just a little bit like, okay. And I was, when Peyton Manning was doing that like intro video and he was talking about like, oh, we were in these uncertain times, blah, blah, blah. And like hope. And I'm like, where is this going? It was a lot, like a lot. (laughs) And he did bring it full circle. He's like the draft also about hope. And I'm like, um, okay. You did make the full circle. Yeah. I don't know. It was aggressive. I mean, look, it's all important. Like I can't think enough about or thank the healthcare workers and the people that are still working in grocery stores and the, yeah. I mean, like mail delivery, whether it's UPS or, um, you know, USPS or whatever else it is, you know, FedEx, like, yeah, I'm still ordering stuff, you know, <laughs> like I'm trying to keep some business, like help, you know, spend some money like all this stuff but yeah it's just the way they open you're right like a lot of people were like all right it's like sense of normalcy we've got some sports like this will be great we're gonna see these guys get drafted and like fulfilled dreams and i spent most of the night like crying (laughs) and again like i think the stories and i watched the what version did you watch i was game day i'm a game day household so i wanted to see reese davis and um i was on abc So I got like the Maria Taylor and the Tom Rinaldi's, you know, like, which I guess is my fault. Like, I guess I, they were probably less likely to cry if I'm watching Trey Wingo. I don't know if the stories were the same. I don't know. But, um, like Tom Rinaldi just like, is like a gut punch every single time, you know, but so it just was, it was really cool. And I think that they, 
there were a lot of really good players. And I guess we can talk about the SEC domination, but um, it was really cool to see the people inside their homes. I loved the dichotomy between like rugs was actually on a deal with old spice, I think. So he had a robe on the, <laughs> um, and he was fantastic versus like you saw some families that, or, you know, players that wore fancy suits and the girlfriends were in five inch heels and nice dresses and like all this stuff. So I loved that idea. And I loved making fun of like the home setups for the executives who clearly didn't know like how to decorate, which was great too. Or Jerry Jones in the back of his like James Bond villain yacht. Like it was just, there's so many cool things from it. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, I would probably wear heels too, by the way, if I could just sit on the couch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Actually, if I were just sitting on a couch the whole time, I would absolutely wear that. So, you know, um, very relatable yeah, it was that and then i i feel like we got an, a weird like we got more into i feel like who these players are in a sense to get them in that kind of setting yeah um and that was kind of cool too it was like you know like you got the ro- you got the robe and it, not everybody was like wearing a suit so i felt like you got more of a sense of like yeah what what these guys families were like and you know what their situation was and I, th- I felt that even more so almost from like the coaches and the GMs. And I was fascinated every single time yes. they cut to somebody's house or like showed a setup or whatever. The, uh, you had Cliff and Jerry out there looking like uh, he was straight out of Narcos or something. <laughs> well, I also like, um, who was it? The coach Flores for the Dolphins had the cutest kids that oh, showed up. Oh, kids were wonderful. Oh my God. They were absolutely adorable. Um, so you had that, you had like kids photobombing there were a couple pets here and there you had some like of course bill belichick set up which the, the patriots traded away their first round picks of course because they don't like first round picks they're like well, i don't need to do anything in the first round i just get whoever i need um but then you had like um who was it? his tape belichick's table was terrible um they had Somebody said it was a bad woman table <laughs> It did look like that. <laughs> you had like Roger Goodell in his like dad, cool dad basement with like the high top and the TVs and like, you know, the setup down there where he announced that <laughs> Las Vegas was getting the 2020 draft instead of saying 2022. So he's like announced that they were getting the draft that was currently happening. Question <laughs> Um, and he just, even with like, they, there were a few things that again, like we said, the opening was kind of heavy handed and by kind of, I mean a lot, but also like there's some contrived things that I thought were a little brutal, um, that maybe would have worked better. You know, well, Roger Goodell just like, come on, he has, gives off some robot vibes if we're being honest. Um, and like, so him trying to make jokes about the booing and I love the idea of doing a partnership with Bud Light to like raise money because people hate him and want to boo him. Like, I, I like the idea, but the yeah. execution, exactly. I think, yeah. didn't go great because primarily because Roger Goodell's a robot. And he's like, oh, come on, you can do better than that. Boo me. And it just, like, is so, like, weird. And then they'd share these, like, heartwarming stories. And he'd be like, okay, congrats. Um, what? Next? But overall, like, yeah, those, those I thought were a little bit um, rough. Yeah, him. <laughs> It's just like I think I think partially because like we've all been living this right now where we're we've all been living our own like Zoom life experiences mm-hmm. where you know we've had 
internet hiccups and things like that, trying to do whatever it is we're doing. And we've had like, I have already had in today, toddler interruptions and things like that. And so I think there was part of me going into it that was like hoping for a little bit more like something to go wrong, but it ended up being way more seamless than I thought. Yeah. Same hundred percent. Um, there were a couple times where like, you know, people's phones were ringing in the background during an interview or you could still hear their TV because like they were excited about getting drafted or whatever. Um, but overall, like in the grand scheme of things, like that's so negligible when it comes to, I thought someone was going to lose internet or, (laughs) but I think they were also really good about, I don't know who was running it, but they were really great about um, the way that they edited and what they gave audio to, if that makes sense. So I think there were a couple times where it looked, if there were going to be any issues with people talking or doing things, they just cut away from them. Um, so maybe there were more issues, but we just don't know about them because they mitigated that well. Yeah, for sure. Um, the ACC had, gosh, how many drafted? Three? I think that's right. Three players. Two, um, I got a relief yeah. today. <laughs> Let's see. Yes, three. There we go. Um, and it's weird. So I, I didn't get to see Isaiah Simmons' reaction because I was working last night. And so when the Panthers picked, I had to like send an alert and get the wire story and all that stuff. So I wasn't, um, I wasn't like watching as closely when he got picked. And as a Panthers fan, I was sad um, because I was hoping if he was available there, that that's who the Panthers would get. Um, I'm not. I'm okay with it, but it's like, I get the rationale of who they went with it. By the way, the Panthers went with Derek Brown from Auburn, defensive tackle, hard position to fill. But like, I just really like Isaiah. And he's one of those guys that it's like, you figure out a way to use it. You got to take him. Yeah. I I mean, like you said, I actually really like Derek Brown. He's again, really great kid. These kids, this draft was full of them. (laughs) Like, and so it's not like, and I'm not saying that they weren't before. Yada, 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 all this stuff. Um, but every, like he was one, I just read, you know, Gina Thomas from SB nation just did a great pe- story on him, um, on Derek Brown. And he's just, he's a really great kid. He will fit. That is not, you know, that's a need, but the pan, I don't know. Like, you know, way better about the Panthers, obviously, but I don't know how you don't take Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> like if you need defense, that's not a cornerback as far as I'm concerned. And he was on the board. I think you have to take him. Like that's how I looked at Isaiah Simmons. And now I'm extra upset because I don't follow the Cardinals at all. And I don't watch any, like usually they're not on here in Virginia. Like it's, you know, whatever. I don't pay extra for NFL stuff because I don't care enough. And that's just, it's so hard for me to do hundred percent all in on college football on Saturdays and then sit the whole day in front of like a red zone on Sunday. That's fine. I own that. That's okay. Um, so I was really bummed out that he went to Arizona cause it's not one that I can even easily casually watch, but, um, yeah, Isaiah Simmons is, he's unreal. He's just an unbelievable athlete. And you're right. I think you shouldn't, the excuse, I should, maybe excuse is a little strong, but the reasoning that the Panthers gave for not taking him was a little weak in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but it's it's whatever. I mean, I, I, it makes sense to me why they did it, but the reason that you were seeing floated didn't make much sense, which was basically like it was something like seemed like he was too versatile or something. Which yeah, I was like, what? You know, so he'd have to change um, positions in the NFL. 
Okay. Well, the biggest, the biggest <laughs> issue I, the biggest, the biggest thing for me, and this is why it's conflicting is like, they could have gotten Isaiah and if they didn't get a good enough defensive tackle, it wasn't going to matter because they had one of the worst running de- rush defenses in the NFL. And it doesn't matter how good Isaiah is or any of the Panthers linebackers if they don't have good defensive tackles. So in that way, like I understood a little bit. It's like, that's a, a need you need to address right away. Welcome to my Panthers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the next hour uh, we will just cry. <laughs> I mean, and what's funny is I did that before all this started. So, you know, it works. It, the theme remains the same. But yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, it was it ended up being fun. And I think that like weirdly, and this is going to sound insane, but like other than maybe watching the Jordan doc and like everybody tweeting about it, um, it this was like as normal as I felt. Again, like I always forget the draft is something that I usually find myself getting excited about and then once it begins i f- remember how tedious it can be obviously like i think they get what is it five minute rounds tonight instead of 10 um like obviously as things slow down a bit <laughs> or speed up i should say it gets a little and honestly like you know you're look. i'm looking for as someone who writes about virginia i'm looking for the virginia players to go like when is it expect you know bryce hall's likely to go late second early third um you know you're looking at Joe Reed hearing his name on Saturday. So those are the things that I'm more looking forward to. So it was exciting. And then there, I will admit there was probably a little bit of the excitement that wore off a little bit after um, like the first, when no picks had been announced for 25 minutes. Um, and it just felt like puff piece, heavy handed, you know, hope pieces on repeat until like the 25 minute mark. Like no one should have 10 minutes. If you have the first pick of the draft, if you have the first pick of the draft, the draft should start. It should say pick is in and they announce your pick. Like that should be it. Like you don't get 10 minutes. You've had an entire off season, (laughs) but it was nice to have. It was nice to have that to complain about, I think is honestly what it comes down to. (laughs) Like, um, So I think, yeah, it was, it was a fun diversion um, when they weren't reminding us why we were doing it the way we were doing it. Yeah. And, and I said, yeah, like you said, once it settled in, I felt like it was mostly fine and it just felt like watching the draft and that was kind of cool. So it was like, wow, I expected this to be more like, I, I was comparing it to the horse broadcast. Oh yeah. Where yeah. That was rough. That was super. Yeah. And I was like wondering if it was going to be like that. And I was like, Oh God, <laughs> it wasn't. No, it again. Yeah. It was very smooth and, and, I like, I don't like the Bengals as a Steelers fan. Like I, and I feel, <laughs> I'm always like, no, Joe Burrow, I like you. I don't want you to go to the Bengals. Like both because when have they, I mean, Carson Palmer was a good quarterback, but um, I was just kind of like, oh, that stinks. I like him and now I can't root for you anymore. Um, and I love Edwards Hilaire going to, Kansas City because basically Andy Reid was like we have the most fun offense in the country should we get a defensive player nah screw it let's just add more fun to our offense um I just liked Andy Reid's whole setup a lot because he looked very chill I think he had a soda 
in a Kansas City Stadium Cup. Like when I say Stadium Cup, I don't mean like one of the fancy ones. I mean like a plastic see-through cup with like a band around it that had the KC logo with no ice. I think that was what the full drink was sitting on his desk. And I, it's amazing. He's so great. I love him so much. Um, yeah, his setup was one of my favorites. Um, I could not figure out Gettleman's because I think. I couldn't figure out where his camera was positioned. It was like behind a TV. Like we saw the backs of a lot of TVs. Yeah. People were like, I, I couldn't stop laughing when they went to him. And, and it wasn't because he was wearing a mask. Cause I saw some people say that and like, yes, I understand he's in remission yeah. from cancer. And like IT guys in the house. I get that. But what I was laughing at was the fact that like, it seemed like somebody was like, you're on camera. And he was frantically trying to like put the mask on at that moment. Yeah. And he was sort of like, do it. <laughs> and I just couldn't stop laughing at that for some reason. Yeah. And also his house looked so good. Yeah, it looked like a, <laughs> Why looked are like we, a place where... How have we not mentioned that Cliff like, Kingsbury lives in the house from Parasite? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need someone to Photoshop the birthday party scene in that backyard. It was weird, right? Like, I was kind of struck by, like, how few of the coaches seemed to, like, live in a house that would equal their means except for him yeah. and Jerry. <laughs> it seemed like it exceeded a little bit, but I guess maybe in, in in Arizona, you can maybe get better. You know, you're not going to have the same costs as you would in some of the bigger cities or whatever else. Um, I really, I really want to hear that Jerry Jones was at his own house until like they showed Kingsbury and then he went on the yacht. <laughs> That would be amazing. That would be amazing. And it was, so, yeah, I, I appreciate, I legitimately appreciate the the guys that went to an effort to like legit flex. And I also really like seeing some people's, I think it was it Kurt Warner that had like such a great setup with like the trophy, like all the awards he'd won behind him. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what you should be doing. Like, this is how you set up your background. If you won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, you should have that behind you. If you won, you know, like a, a Super Bowl, you should have that behind, like some, like have your rings displayed. Like, hell yeah. You know what? I have, I have actually a Knights of Columbus District Free Throw Shooting Championship Award, I think still in my house. I want to see it behind you in the next panic room. You know? Yeah, I think I need to do that. I do. And it was funny. Like, I think David Pollack had an Emmy behind him and people were like, David Pollack won an Emmy? (laughs) I'm guessing the game day win one? It must have been a game day win. Game day's won Emmy. So it must be that. I was just, yeah, it was just funny. And I was like, it's weird. I would never think to do that. And then, like, Michael Irvin had the Super Bowl trophies. Yeah, exactly. That's baller. I did find (laughs) out today because I was like, wait, do they all get one? Like, I thought... That's the question. Yeah, I don't know what they give you. Well, I found out. Apparently, they all get a mini replica trophy. Although uh, those replicas are sixteen inches, uh, and it seemed like the one that Kurt, Kurt Warner, I guess, had one one too, and then Michael Irvin had a couple. They seem bigger than that. So I don't know. It was weird, but it was funny. I enjoyed it. I just would have never thought to put my own awards behind me. I'm definitely putting my free throw championship behind yeah. me next time. Yeah, um, that would be. And, you know, there's been a lot. Of, I mean, three first round picks for the ACC, um, a million for the SEC. I, I mean, I've been asked about this a lot recently. And, I mean, I, it doesn't really mean all that much to me necessarily. We all know the SEC is like was more talented than the ACC and everybody else last year. Like that wasn't a secret. No. Um, 
And it's it was not surprising that two of the three draft picks came from Clemson because, again, not a secret. But I think, like, in the scheme of things, it's actually probably a good thing because I do think there's a lot of returning talent in the ACC next year and, like, guys that if they were draft eligible would have probably gone pretty high. Yeah, and it, it's funny to me, like, again, you're right. Nobody, and they, they did a bunch of the stuff about stars last night, um, or on Twitter, at least, where people were like you know, this many, all but six, I think it was, um, were four or five stars. And part of me is like, well, no shit, Sherlock. Like, I don't understand. Like, (laughs) honestly, having six that aren't should be more, should stand out more, maybe. I don't know. Like, the idea that they went on this whole, um, who, Jesse Palmer was like, well, you know, everyone accuses us of this SEC bias, but if you look at it, this many guys, you know, the best players go to the best, you know, top, they'll get the top players and they have best player development. And I was like, so what you're telling me, Jesse, is that the best players who get then therefore the highest rated and then therefore go to the best programs who collect all the other best players who have multi-million dollar paid head coaches and support staff are good? Well, this is shocking to me, Jesse. Wow. Like, no no one's debated that. Like, the, I think the question about, like, oh, do stars matter? Like, yes. Have people said that? St- I mean, in some cases, stars don't. Because tomorrow night or tonight or whatever day it is, tonight, most likely, Bryce Hall is going to hear his name called. That was a two-star coming out of college. Like, he went and he worked his butt off. He got great instruction from Bronco Mendenhall. Like, the staff helped him, developed him. He worked unbelievably hard, stuck around for another year, fell out of the first round because of that gruesome ankle injury at Miami. And now he's going to hear his name called. Like, so yes, like, that does happen. No one said, I don't understand why we're discussing this, I guess is the point. Like, who says stars don't matter? I think at times there, like when somebody is a good story, they that that gets latched onto, and it becomes like almost like a motivational thing. Like stars don't matter; you can work your way up, and like yes, you can work your way up. And yes, there are examples of recruiting classes that are filled with high star, like good good players that they don't. Yeah, they don't win national championships. They don't win. Yeah. And so I think that there is an inclination because I think it's part of who we all are in a sense of like. Oh, you can over, you know, stars don't matter. It doesn't matter how many stars you had in front of your name. You can be successful. And it's like, I think it's just a natural pushback of like, well, no, they actually do. Does that mean you can't be good in spite of that? Of course it doesn't. But let's not, you know, yeah. let's not look at this and say X amount of players. They didn't have four stars or five stars by their name. That means it doesn't matter. It's like, no, that's not really what that means. Yeah. And I want to... I mean, honestly, getting picked in the first round of the draft like is cool and something that you can always say happened, but let's revisit all of these numbers and assumptions and statements in five years. You know what I mean? Like it, it really doesn't matter. Like being picked in the first round does not guarantee that you're gonna be an NFL superstar. Like it, it all depends, I guess, what you think is important or what your folk like I mean, getting drafted in the first round is important. It's big. It's like monumental in these kids' lives. Like that's what, you know, coach Saban and and Dabo and like all these guys are saying that they're developing their players for us to get them ready for the league. And they succeeded. Like that's a success check done, you know? So like, let's, that's, it just, it was so funny. And again, goes a little bit with the heavy handed thing. Like in part of it, I legitimately do think is 
these analysts and people on game day are human and they have Twitter accounts and they get harassed constantly by the dumbest people on the internet. <laughs> like, you know, yep. and saying, you know, they constantly get hit with like, as you see bias. And so when they throw that back, part of me was like, okay, you don't need to go on this five minute soliloquy about how great the sec is one, because as you said, like no one's debating this. Like, I don't think anyone still is going to say it changes year in and year out. I will say which conferences are more dominant. If you want to say like the big 10 had a better season or the sec or sometimes, sometimes when the ACC gets their shit together, um, it can be like the ACC has some of the best teams in the country. That's fine. That's how things go. But I think it is the same thing. Like sec is the most dominant conference in football. And until there's consistent yeah. seasons over time in which the Big Ten outperforms them, um, it's the same thing people latch on to bowl records and all that nonsense. It's like the ACC with basketball will stay number one until they're consistently not the best conference in the country, which I, I think that they still are. So it's the same thing for, for football, in my opinion, with the SEC. And it's like, so yeah, I don't blame some of these guys for taking like Oh, look at us. So I thought we had SEC bias and they just obliterated the previous record of 12 draftees and got 15. Like, that's a lot. They got almost half the people drafted. But again, they had an unbelievable season. So it's not surprising. Well, the annoyance for me was actually more in the sense of like, okay, y'all are using this almost as if to say when y'all were trying to get Georgia into the playoff or whatever. Yeah that that was justified because look at how the much the NFL also loves the SEC. And it's like, that is not a metric. No. Like that is not a, a, a way that we should be making decisions as to which team gets in the playoff. You know, like we all understand how talented these teams are, but, and you know, we all knew Alabama was really, really, really good. But if you don't have these metrics that you claim to value on your side, whether it's good losses, bad losses in Alabama's case, overall strength of schedule, yeah. um, that has to matter. I don't care how much NFL talent that you have. Yeah. And that a hundred percent. And it's also, you know, you look at the who's picked based on in a lot. It's need based too. Right. So maybe in other years, it doesn't shake out this. It, it all varies. Like in my opinion, because teams are drafting positions that they need. If they needed other things, would that person be from the sec? Maybe. Maybe not. So, you know, it's, it's all that's there's so many. Th and again, like, I think the SEC is the best in the country. I think the players that got the people that a lot of the ones that got drafted last night are who were expected to go in the first round. There were a couple weird. What was the Texas Tech pick? Who was that? That was Seattle. Um, Seattle taking a Texas Tech, you know, normally a f defender in the first round from the Big 12. I'm making jokes, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, you're going Big 12 defense in the first round. That's a choice. Um, and, you know, you look at was the Jordan Love trade up to get Utah oh. State Jordan Love? Was that the right move? I mean, that's a guy that will develop unbelievably well under Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you hate that pick because you don't want to feel like you're Brett Favre and he's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, oh, life really comes full circle, yeah, full man. circle. But I also think that Jordan Love would have been there later. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know for sure. I, I should look at like, you know, I have not apologized to the Green Bay fans listening who are probably like, you idiot, we don't have another pick until the seventh or whatever. I don't know. I don't know when you have picks. I'm sorry. I've not memorized your, you know, who has what, but I just feel like that was a, that was a little bit of a stretch, I think. Um, 
But, you know, if you want your man, you go get your man. And that's I, also part of the thing with the draft that I think is so fun. Um, his family was adorable. I was wondering if they, like, selected fans that wouldn't react poorly for a while. Because, like, <laughs> no one was like, oh, my God, what is this? Yeah. And then we got that wonderful Green Bay fan that was like, <laughs> it's totally like, what? <laughs> oh, I wonder how they Which found those people. Like, why would you agree? Did you see the Jacksonville one had what's his name from Parks? Uh, not Parks and Rec. The Good Place. No, I missed that. Oh man, yeah, it was that's great. hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's just that part was interesting. Although, like, that's what I, that was the biggest thing I missed until that one guy. So that checked that box of like the fans looking upset about the pick. Yeah, and like the reaction shots of the fans being like, "Looking at each other and be like, who is that?" Um, so I missed that and I got it with that one guy. So thank you, whoever you are. <laughs> thank <laughs> yeah, you, strange I man. Like, I was like, wait, because the Vegas didn't fill up their boxes of fans. And I was like, huh? You can't find nine Raiders fans? Like, no. <laughs> not fair. That's hilarious. Um, well, yeah. it's so weird that they're no, in Vegas I, I, now. Yeah, it really is weird. No, I, I, I know what you're saying about the SEC. It was just weird. Yeah, it was weird. It was like no one literally – who was – the better question I think is like who has said that the SEC doesn't have a ton of NFL talent? Like literally no one. Again, probably people in their mentions. Yeah. So again, I don't I don't blame them for it because every time that I think we're making like a positive step on the internet yeah. – I know. I'm so silly. Um, I like I know, find right? something that just like drags me back down. Like the, last night it was – Adam Schefter tweeting finally after all this time a real live sports thing on you know on TV and everyone like I was like weird I thought I watched the WNBA draft on your network a week ago um, yeah and then it just like the comments of course are like it's okay Adam no one gives a shit about that anyway like no one cares about women's basketball they trash they should make sandwiches and like constant you think like when you're making steps towards something because a lot of people like. Like, I have to look it up, but, like, a lot of people did watch it, and it was well executed, and it's the same thing, like, these w- young women, like, trying to, like, realize their dreams, and, like, <laughs> it's just statements like that, and I know he didn't, I'm, yeah. I don't know, I don't know his intent at all, but by tweeting things like that, and then his follow-up apology, which was, like, two hours later, where he spelled apologies wrong, and it was very, like, succinct and didn't... feel very apologetic was then met like those type of sentiments give the mouth breathers credence. I mean, like they think that that like they're look, Adam Schefter forgot about it. I'm not the only one who doesn't care like that kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting too much on it, but it was just like really disappointing. So most likely David Pollack is getting endless amounts of whatever, dude, you just hate, you just hate FSU. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, oh, so, <laughs> or like Kirk Herbstreit, you know what I mean? Like probably getting like, you Homer, like whatever. Like, and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever because he's an Ohio State guy. And he's like, I don't understand why you're calling me a Homer and then telling me I love the SEC. This makes no sense. <laughs> like, so they're probably just Why can't it be both? Yeah, exactly. Alex, don't, no. Oh boy. Alex just almost spilled my microphone. Mm. Okay. Are you, thir- you said you're thirsty. Can I take a minute to get you something to drink? <laughs>
touch on like one other thing before my situation literally <laughs> rushed off the train tracks and into a fiery pit. Um, and that was, uh, well, oh, name, image, and likeness, which I, I, by the way, I made a joke about this last night because there was at one point, it was like between two wide receivers that were about to get drafted and they were, they both had Pizza Hut. Yes. And, but like the product placement was kind of weird. And I was uh, joking with somebody that like, well, when they get name, image, and likeness passed, they'll have more practice. And I actually didn't even know Henry Ruggs' robe was Old Spice. Yeah, you couldn't see see it. Yeah. I was like, once they get name, image, and likeness passed, they'll be more adept at uh, the product. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, looking at what was, you know, Ralph Russo from the AP was, you know, the one that broke it last night or yesterday afternoon. Um, in in reading it, it sounds like they're on the right track, question mark? I mean, it, it they seem to be hitting all of the all the right stuff. Um, and by that, I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, the, the working group that was created 11 months ago that has like Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman and that Ohio State Athletic Director, Gene Smith, who are the like two leaders of this working group, put forward a proposal that's saying like, starting as early as 2021, July 2021, they could profit off their name, image, and likeness, having a third party sponsor or endorsement. Um, and that would also allow for signing autographs and, um, selling some of the paraphernalia. Like they wouldn't get in trouble for some of the stuff that like the ticky tax stuff that they'd get lose eligibility for now, as well as being able to be in like local ads or in the bigger situations like a Zion, like you could potentially see them signing with a shoe company or whatever else. Um, the NCAA maintained or proposed that they would still maintain. And this is the part that will get interesting um, because it said they could like, they'd be monitoring for fair market deals and making sure the student athletes aren't getting like bamboozled, Um, which I don't know what that looks like. My guess is also they would implement potentially an upper limit on how much they could get sponsored or all like put in place restrictions on like, okay, you can't do, a casino ad or you can't do something for like a porn website, like that kind of thing. Like they'd make it, you know, no booze, no cigarettes, like that kind of thing. Um, and you can't wear, you wouldn't be able to wear any school branded stuff, but it does say that it would be up to the schools potentially to say whether or not like a Nike athlete could do a sponsor endorsement for Adidas. So that was also super interesting, but you know, it's a big 180 from where they were literally seven months ago when California passed SB 206, whatever, saying that, you know, it would yeah. be illegal in California for athletes to not be able to um, profit off their own likeness. Um, when the NCAA released stuff that was like, you know, if this happens, we might have to ban like all the North, all the California schools from postseason competition. And now they're saying like, oh, well, you know. Let's just uh, let's just make this happen. So part of that's probably potentially also the uh, um, what happened with Jalen Green and taking a five hundred thousand dollar deal to go play in the G League. So I think it's a step in the right direction. We won't have any answers. I think they're sending it to a working group to vote on stuff Monday, Tuesday, and then potentially um, it would get passed along further. And like I said, July twenty twenty one could potentially be when we see some of the stuff enacted. Sorry, I had to chase my kid and then he threw a fire truck in the kitchen. No, you're fine. Um, yeah, it's great. No, I, 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 uh, 
I think it's good too. I, w- I wonder how much of a response it is to the G League stuff, yeah. but I think it's probably a good thing um, because that's something where they can at least make some money if that's what they choose to do. So the thing that, nasty. yeah, and I know, like, we'll try and wrap this up so <laughs> get to Alex, but the thing that it, this seems like the easiest step that, and this is why maybe they changed their mind so quickly, is because, like, you don't have to pay people. You don't have to physically like the NCAA and the schools are not paying anybody, but the athletes are still getting compensated, which is the biggest thing. Like if you're a student on a scholarship at Virginia or at UNC or at Duke, whatever that is on like a science scholarship, you know, the generic science scholarship, but you know what I mean? Like if you're at school getting paid, you know, your school's getting paid for it. Those kids can get jobs. They can, you know, get other endowments. They can do other things. Um, but the athletes can't and they don't have time to get full-time jobs in season. They barely have enough time to do what they're doing now. So this is a nice way for like, and like a, and this works for everybody. Like a field hockey player can have a YouTube channel and get ad money or she can run a camp over the summer under this and get paid by parents to teach their kids how to play field hockey. So it's not just worrying about like, what are you going to do for the non-revs? Do you pay the quarterbacks more than you pay the linemen? It's literally market value. And if you want to be an entrepreneur and like get a, you know, sell some autographs, you can do that. No, it's definitely a good thing. Um, Yeah. We probably, I am not sure where my child has gone. I think he went to the bathroom. And he told me just now that I have torn his day apart. Oh, goodness. It's <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> Very. But I feel like I want to borrow that yeah. for myself. Oh, like, writing that down. My day apart. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, yeah. It's just. All right. Well, Caroline Darney, thank you so much. I think your background noise of birds was much more lovely than. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, most of which was not picked up of Alex, um, whatever Alex is doing. Um, Godspeed. (laughs) Anyway, um, until next week, and I will hopefully not, knock on wood, be toddler interrupted the whole time. All right. (laughs) Bye, everybody.